Hi, that's Mel. That's Britt. And we are That That Fitness Thing. Which is a podcast. Okay, we're good now. All right. (laughs) So first off, did you watch the inauguration? No. You did it? Oh, okay. (laughs) I got better shit to do. I work for a living. I'm joking. I'm joking for anybody that I'm not taking any, trying to offend anybody. (laughs) No, I was too bad. I was literally at work doing my job and I don't, I don't think I've actually ever watched an inauguration. I definitely hadn't before. I sat on the couch with my nine-month-old who had no idea what was going on, but we did sit. We did get to watch bits and pieces, and it was really interesting to see. It was very Hunger Games with the masks on, on the steps of the White House and everything, so it was a little different than I think any other year we could have chosen to watch it. I did uh, look up a couple things after the fact, and can I just say, can we just give a shout-out to J-Lo? Because... (laughs) Went on national stage right before the president swore in and spoke in Spanish promoting her own album. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know what? She's not just good for Super Bowls. She can do the White House too. I'm I like, love I'm some J-Lo. Living for that level of marketing. <laughs> like this is going to be the most watched thing in January and I'm going to promote my album in Spanish. <laughs> and her movie. She has a movie coming up too. I don't know if you saw that, but I'm pretty excited for that one. Don't ask me what it's called. I'm not that excited, but excited enough to know it's there. It's coming. It's, it's, it's happening and, it, and it's J-Lo. So. I'm definitely not in charge of marketing for J-Lo. I'm fired after that statement alone. Well, yeah. What's uh, What's been going on with you last week? What have you been doing? Um, this last week was a lot of family time. My My wife is from Alaska, and so her brother actually flew down from Alaska to visit us for the first time and meet the baby. So we got to spend a lot of time doing that. And it was it was a really good time. He's actually a trainer too up in Alaska. So we had a lot of good things to talk about. He didn't know anything about these lady hormones we're about to talk about, but we got to chit chat a little bit about it. Uh, what about you? What did you do this week? Well, I forgot, but remembered because my husband reminded me that it was my seventh year anniversary. I saw that. I was like, she didn't even tell me. I didn't even get to say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. It's funny. Every year, like probably the week or two before, like, oh yeah, our anniversary is in the month. We got to like plan something, go somewhere, do something. And I, if I don't plan something, like for us to go on a trip somewhere, I forget, like completely Mm forget and my husband I woke up Sunday morning and he's like oh do you want to go to dinner tonight I was like it's Sunday why are we why do we want to dinner <laughs> he's uh-huh. like uh happy anniversary I was like oh shit it's already been seven freaking years that blows me away it's a long seven time. years yeah it is it, it is a long time that's yeah it's like probably two kids, a few two moves kids. <gasps> What were you guys able to even do? I don't know what your guys' COVID restrictions are like right now, but what did you guys get to do? Is it indoor dining, outdoor dining? It's pretty, it's pretty much normal here. I think really it's like a 50-50 if people wear masks. Like you'll see Mm. if it's a restaurant, it's obviously mandatory to wear it to your table. Mm -hmm. And then take it off and then put it on as you walk out of the restaurant. But most like retail places and stuff, it's optional or they'll say it's encouraged, but they just, I don't know, South Carolina is just, they're just not affected by the media the same way that more blue states or blue cities are. So they're not 
they're not all in the hype. Seattle, where I'm at, which is the total opposite. We were just talking about it the other day and how we have, we're doing outdoor dining right now, but it's too cold to really sit outdoors. So what they did is they built a new indoors outdoors so we could sit in that indoors, which is just a slightly colder outdoor version of the indoor. It makes a lot of sense. We're all really hyped on it, but at least we get to go eat. So I guess there's that. It is so weird how excited it is to like get back to, to analysis. What we did, so we went out to dinner, went to California Dreaming. It's like this American seafood place. Sorry, I know you don't like seafood, but it was delicious. They have the most bomb seafood nachos. Like you never think that salmon would go on nachos, but it is freaking amazing. Anyways, we actually went and saw a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we haven't, it was the first time in a year and we have this like small theater near our house and we're just like, is it even open? And we checked and we went and saw News of the World, um, Tom Hanks, and it was an actually fantastic movie. Oh, what a nice anniversary. What a good treat to be able to go out to. Yeah, definitely. Because I'll be looking forward to that as well. I can't do Groundhog Day, and when we were doing the home stay-at-home order here in South Carolina, it literally it was like I don't know how people in other states are doing it. Uh, it's got to be affecting people's mental health, like no, like nobody's business. So it is, and there's a lot of people in really tough groups with it too. So for myself, I had a COVID baby. Right, my daughter was born six weeks after the first shutdown, and so we've been in shutdown the whole time. So it's a really different experience than uh, I'd spent this many years dreaming motherhood was going to be. It's a lot for some people, people especially who are elderly or who are in higher risk groups. So hopefully it's safe enough soon to start getting back to normal. Yeah, one of the cool things that's happening at my work, I am a on-campus recruiter. I work in a building that's on a university campus, but it's an actual armory. It's the University Readiness Center, which is a National Guard armory. It's week. It has been an absolute zoo because they they're doing vaccines out of that building. Um, so like every day I go to work and I'm the only person like in uniform walking by and stuff. And there's a lot of elderly folk because South Carolina uh, Governor McMaster did the like an over seventy mandate for vaccines. Okay, you know they're trying to help the high risk you know, categories, it has been a madhouse. So it's actually nice to see because the media has been reporting otherwise that people aren't wanting to get the vaccine. And it's, it's nice to see that group is getting the help that they need to make sure that they're safe. Lady hormones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so excited to talk about this. I feel like we've been talking about talking about this for a couple of weeks now. So I have so much that I've just been sitting on and like waiting to share and, you know, some girls that I talk to keep telling me too, like, can you just tell me a little bit about it now? And so I've been able to like share a little bit, but I'm so excited to really go into it. And I know you're a far deeper researcher than I am also. So I'm excited to hear what you've found, all your good little secrets. Yeah. I mean, progesterone, progesterone is the hormone of the week that we're going to talk about. And I think that it is one that is not talked about enough. I mean, everybody hears about estrogen and estradiol type of birth controls and the reason why we take it, but like, what is the role of progesterone, right? And how does it play against estrogen and why do we have two different 
sex hormones that affect our fertility. That's what I'm super excited to talk about and kind of be able to dive into your experience with taking progesterone. So let's, let's get started. Um, progesterone is a sex hormone involved in the menstrual cycle and pregnancy and the embryogenesis of humans. So it's a endogenous steroid hormone produced by the gonads as well as the adrenal cortex, which was a new thing for me because I always thought that it was just, especially for women, so the ovaries produce it, but the adrenal cortex does as well. So that was a fascinating rabbit hole to go down. And something that, you know, a lot of issues of concern of progesterone not being at the right levels and stuff would be like menstrual irregularities, miscarriage and early labor, decreased fertility, and the granulosa cell tumor and breast cancer, which I didn't, I didn't know. I feel like I should know because my mom passed away of breast cancer. I just guess I never researched it. So yeah. So let's, let's start with you. What's, um, what's your first topic that you want to tackle with progesterone? Well, first off, I mean, the crazy thing about our hormones is that they do have to be so regulated or they affect us in so many everyday ways. So there are the big things, right? Where there is the cancer, there is those, those big pieces, but there's also just the everyday pieces. Like you have a really shitty period with a low progesterone. You have a really shitty period with a high progesterone. So even those little things, even when we're not thinking as far as fertility and cancer, that's what's most interesting to me is just the day-to-day of, um, you know, I have a sister who has really, really high levels of progesterone and her breasts are just constantly swollen and big. She gets bloated and, and all of that. And it's been linked back to her progesterone levels. And I didn't know that that was so big in those PMS symptoms that we get every month. I always thought that was mostly estrogen. I had no idea that progesterone had such an effect on that, you know, monthly weight gain and mood swings and tenderness and swelling. So that for me is a really big piece of why we even care to regulate it. Right, right. And you know what too is that sex, there's a correlation with the interactions of sex hormones and the neurotransmitters too, which affects our mood. So that's why you can have people, basically you're PMSing, right? So during the menstrual cycle, when you're PMSing is typically when your progesterone rises right beforehand, before you start actually shedding the lining of your uterus. And that's when you start having anxiety and depression because it affects those neurotransmitters, which is going to affect your mood. I But that was almost concerning, right? Because some people have really, you know, PMS or PPD and stuff where they get their, they get really, really depressed, like significantly depressed right before they start shedding. And uh, I didn't realize that just regulating and taking the right amount of vitamins and minerals in your system can actually help level out those sex hormones so that you don't have those significant mood swings or PMS symptoms like cramping. Um, and just bloating. And obviously, again, I'll, I'll keep talking about the mood because the neurotransmitters are what you know, really impacts people's mood because it's the chemical Im- imbalance that you have in your brain right before you actually start having it. It's kind of like one of those things that that for that week prior to your period, everybody is just having all of this chaos and they're grumpy and they just don't understand like why they're so irritable. And then they have their period and it like explains everything like, ah, oh, damn. 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's why I was mad at you for walking in the door the way you did. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening to me right now. But exactly. The, I'm, I'm looking at one of the research articles that I was looking at. And it was really sex hormones affect neurotransmitters and shape the adult female brain during hormonal transition periods. It's literally the name of the article. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's basically they provide like an overview of the accumulating data during physiological and pathological conditions and discuss current conceptualized theories and on how sex hormones potentially trigger neuroplasticity changes through these four neurochemical systems. And this is many brain regions have been demonstrated to express high densities for estrogen and progesterone receptors, such as the I'm going to mess up this word. So I apologize to all my science nerds. Uh, the amygdala. Amygdala. I'm, a I'm not even going to try it. I'm going to leave you to that one. <laughs> I know what it is, but I cannot say the word. Um, so I'm like, I know what it is. I know where it is in your brain. The, hypoth- I've got this. the hypothalamus and the hippocampus. So it is affecting four different areas of your brain, essentially. Wow and or three i can't count um as the hippocampus is a particular relevance in the context of mediating structural plasticity in the adult brain we put particular emphasis on what evidence could be gathered thus far that links differences in behavior neuro neurochemical patterns in hippocampal structure to a changing hormonal environment so basically to barney style it it is that you have neurotransmitters in your brain. And so when you have too much progesterone or too much estrogen, it's going to affect different parts of your brain to react in certain ways, which alters your mood. And so some people have excess estrogen and some people have excess progesterone. Their balances aren't off and they have other symptoms, but one is going to be more particular to how you react to certain things. So I, I mean... It's a really great article. It's by uh, Barth, Vilringer, and Sacher. You can find it in CBI if anybody wants to dive deep into it. It's it really kind of it it breaks it down. If you're into the science and data and the information, I definitely highly recommend that. But it is it's it's fascinating to know that, and it's fascinating to know too that progesterone really affects your sleep. When your sleep's going to be such an important piece too of not just your mood, but how your body's going to function during the day, how you're going to recover after workouts, how you're going to be able to perform workouts, what kind of fluid retention you have, so how much water you're holding on to. So even just that piece of it is going to affect every day for you. That sleep's important. I just, I am such a, I'm such a, why do I care type person? And I love you. And I've loved working with you for so many years too, because you're always my, why does this happen? Why does this exist? Why, why is this the way that it is? And for me, my biggest thing is just that though, but why do I care? Why do I care that it affects my sleep? Why do I care that it is going to do these things to my brain. It's because I don't like being a cranky person. I'd like to have decent recovery so I can live my life and be at my optimal performance. And that's a big reason right there to want to know where your progesterone is at and then regulate it the best you can. Right. And it's really important to take into consideration with it is a lot of the, what we do is in our control. So if we're having issues that are related to lack of sleep or, like really bad PMS, PPD, or, you know, um, 
which is postpartum depression for those who don't know. And just when you have really significant mood swings and stuff, you want to know why and if there's a way to control it without taking more hormones, <laughs> right? Because right. that's usually the answer when you go to a primary care physician and you're having really significant type of symptoms, you know, their first inclination is going to put you on an antidepressant to manage that or to put you on a hormonal birth control to manage your hormones. When there's a lot of other avenues that you can really kind of just look and, you know, take control when it comes to your nutrition and your nutrition has such a huge impact on all qualities of life to include those sex hormones, right? And your sleep and your ability to do certain exercises and stuff, depending on what your macronutrient levels and stuff. So I really, it's really important to take those in consideration. That's why I like to learn that stuff, right? I want to know why, like, why am I feeling this way? This isn't, is this normal to feel this way? Is it normal to have a lot of mood swings during, for my PMS, you know, because I think everybody just expects it and they just take it because all women go through it, but it's not normal. (laughs) Like it's not normal to have significant PMS symptoms. So, you know, and progesterone is a, is a culprit of it when it, when you have excess of it. So it's good to find out ways that you can actually battle that and have a fairly, you know, normal month, you know, a normal easy month. And you just, Oh, okay. Yeah. I have my period. It lasted two days. Cool. Great. You know? And we'll absolutely talk about that too. It's like, what, what can we do? What can we do really simply to make it easier on ourselves and not have all those symptoms? But, um, I really love all these things that I'm learning from you about this right now too (laughs) and what it does. Um, One of the things too that I was looking at because I was looking at all my, one of my least favorite things that happens around my period every month, every single month is I get so freaking swollen, Brittany, my face, I mean, my stomach, my everything. And so for however many days that is, I have usually for the most part, just felt like crap. My body doesn't look like my body anymore for those days. And I always thought, you know, it's just my cramps. It's just the estrogen. A huge part of that is the progesterone though, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It for Well, and for what you've experienced, right? Going through in vitro fertilization and IUIs to get pregnant, you have to take progesterone and what did it do? It did all those symptoms you just talked about. So what in your experience, right, we'll just go kind of anecdotal at this point is when you were on progesterone and you're still currently taking it, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. No, my body can have a chance to regulate itself on its own right now for the first time in a couple of years. But yeah, to make a long story short, my wife and I started back in 2017, trying to get pregnant to have our child. Um, we did seven cycles of IUIs, which is interuterine insemination. So essentially in our wonderful United States healthcare for them to move forward with any testing that would be covered or to move on to IVF that would have some sort of insurance coverage, we had to be medically infertile first. So seven cycles makes you medically infertile. 
So we did all seven, knowing something was wrong and knowing after the third and fourth one that they probably weren't going to work. But one of the things that they do give you during all of that is progesterone. So I took a lot of that pretty consistently. And it's, it's kind of a cruel joke because what it does is it makes you feel pregnant. That's exactly what it feels like. All those pregnancy symptoms that you hear about, right? Your breasts are swollen, they're tender. You have this bloating, your stomach just feels like you just can't suck it in for anything anymore. And all of that, um, the heat, hot flashes, not heat flashes, hot flashes. Um, So my body was pretty consistently overloaded on that for a few years. So anybody who feels those things all the time, I mean, we can safely assume is related to maybe some high progesterone levels. Right. Um, It's not a fun experience. And even after coming off of it, because, you know, two cycles of IVF and a whole pregnancy and baby later, uh, I definitely still feel my body bouncing back and forth between the highs and lows. And it's been a struggle to regulate those things. For those listening, basically what progesterone does is for pregnancy, it, it basically decreases the hormone that is attributed to early labor in like miscarriages. So a lot of times it will, it's also responsible for maintaining decreased level of like the vascotone and the malometrium too. So it has a lot of influence on the uterus, right? It's, it is the main hormone that helps thicken the uterine lining, right? You got to think the uterine lining has to thicken so the egg can implant. So someone taking progesterone every single day, that means that they're going to have a very thick uterus all the time, right? And it's going to cause all those hormones to think the body is pregnant because when you're, when an egg is fertilized in a woman, it triggers a response in the body to start increasing progesterone like crazy. And so usually in a, I hate to say this and I apologize, but a normal, you know, fertile person who has gotten pregnant and everything, it's a slow increase of progesterone. It's not like this, bam, you got a bunch of progesterone in you and all of a sudden your body is reacting. And when someone is taking progesterone on a day of a really high dose, that's what it's doing. So it's causing that, all of that inflammation in the abdomen and stuff, because it's trying to get your body's trying to get pregnant. Like it wants to be pregnant. It has prepped itself, but it, you're going to have so much more severe symptoms when you're taking a hormone like that, um, specifically for fertility, because there are progesterone, uh, type of birth controls, but it's extremely low dose. So it's not going to have the same effect as if you're taking a suppository or taking a shot. So, um, but yeah, that's going to, that that's had to affect you and it's going to cause you to not only have those symptoms, but also, you know, your body's going to start storing more body fat. And it's just like this constant vicious cycle dealing with body image really. And at the same time of trying to prove that you need help other than IUI that you need that other assistance. So I feel for you because all the women out there who have gone through the same thing to get pregnant and try to use insurance to do it and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's hard because there's couples out there who have fertility issues, but they got the 20 grand. So they're gonna, they're, you know, they do like one or two cycles of IUI and bam, they do IVF. So it's gotta be, I feel for you, especially, you know, 
at that time in your life and, you know, coming out and being in a same sex relationship and trying to get pregnant, that's, that's a trip. That's a lot to handle for one person. It's a lot. And I think that something that held my identity for so, so long was my body. I knew my body very well. I knew what I needed to do to make it do whatever I wanted it to do, right? With the right nutrition, with the right sleep, with the right exercises, we could do it. And then these hormones come in and they just mess everything up for you. (laughs) They really do. And so, I mean, there's pregnancy weight gain that happens when you get pregnant and that's all well and good. We expect it. We know that's going to happen. But all of the progesterone beforehand kind of jump-started that. So I had, you know, personally two years of battling with that before I even got to the pregnancy part and then had the pregnancy weight gain. So, you know, 55, 60 pounds later, it's a brand new body to learn to deal with. The good news being that I do get to learn all about the hormones and those extra things that are outside of eating right and exercise, because that's not everything. You can't look a certain way or uh, perform optimally just based off of those two things. And that's something I never knew, even in the fitness world, right? People would struggle to have weight. And I'd hear that it was, you know, they were having a hard time because of such and such hormone or this happening with their mental health. And I, I tried my best to understand, but I think you don't understand until you're you have it (laughs) and you have it happening and it's your own battle. So I am really grateful now. I feel like before I was like, I was talking with my wife about this. I feel like I was standing at the top of this mountain and I was like, you guys, the view is great from up here. Just do what I do. You can be up here too. This mountain is freaking wonderful. And man, now I feel like I'm at the opposite end. I know what's at the top of the mountain. I know what it's like to love yourself, love your body, have your optimal body on top of that, feel good every day. But now I feel like I got to kind of walk back up that mountain and do the same thing I've been telling people to do for years. So that's kind of an exciting place to be. I get to hold some hands and bring some people with me. Um, But I'm learning too. And balancing this hormone specifically is, is making a big difference. So what are you doing now? Obviously, you're not on progesterone, but you are having symptoms similar to having occasional super high progesterone. Are you doing a multivitamin? What's your course of action? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a few things that really I've found to help to regulate my hormones is one, supplements are great. Anything you can get from food is always going to be better than supplements, but especially in an extreme situation where there's really high or really low levels of something, supplementation helps. So you're welcome, Katie Hearn. Here's your promotion for balance. (laughs) Katie Hearn has a brand called Alani New. She has a great, uh, great supplement called Balance. That's one that I've been using, but naturally the things I do every day are increasing my protein levels. I try to make sure every meal right now has protein and that makes a big difference. Um, Eating consistently, not over, not under, having irregular eating patterns also affects your hormones quite a bit. Um, Exercising regularly and managing my stress. Those are kind of the top five things that I have going on. Now, as somebody who gets a lot into the research of things and the science behind it. What would you say to those five? If I said, those are the five things, right? 
supplementation, protein, exercise, manage your stress, eat consistently. What would you say to those? Coach Conley. Um, sleep. And sleep. Okay. <laughs> and take some naps. Right. Honestly, the, the biggest thing that people have a hard time managing that affects their day-to-day course is going to be stress. How do you cope with stress, right? Because if you have high stress, you're more likely to do behaviors that are negative, like negatively impact your fitness goals, right? Um, That could be binge eating, emotionally eating, that could not be getting enough sleep because the anxiety that you're having, um, that could just be not drinking enough water, that could be doing, like my favorite thing is being a workaholic, (laughs) right? So I will, I'm also a, a night owl. So I'll stay up late and then not get enough sleep because of the stress I was having the day before and I'm trying to catch up. So a lot of times people are doing is they are letting their stress manage them instead of managing their stress and finding other ways to cope with their stress in a, that is a healthy path, right? Um, instead of, I don't know, like me drinking a beer, (laughs) like, (laughs) is this necessarily healthy? I don't think it's, a nutrient that's healthy, but damn, it makes me feel good. So I'm going to have a beer, but but like, am I going to have six beers? No, because that's not managing my stress in a way that is going to be beneficial for me in the long run. Um, or even in the short, short term either. And of all those five things that you, I would say stress. And then I would say sleep, right? Because sleep is your body recovers the most when you're resting, right? That's when your brain function is going to improve. Your body's going to be doing the function it needs to, to repair itself. And it's a reset for your body. So if you're not getting enough sleep, but not only not getting enough sleep, getting enough quality sleep, it's going to affect you as well. And I have a lot of clients that is the biggest struggle for them. They have a lot of other stuff going on in their life. You know, they want to have fun. They, you know, go out on the weekends with their friends. And I I see those sleep numbers. I'm like, Hey man, four hours a night ain't going to, ain't going to do it. So if you're wondering why your weight hasn't dropped, you know, for your, whatever goal that you're doing that we got to start managing your sleep. And once you can manage your sleep, then you can start managing your stress because your stress is going to be lower because you're getting enough sleep <laughs> to yeah. help with the hormone cortisol. So, so all Brittany, of that really affects what you're telling me then. So if I can take anything like away from what you just said, if I, let's say I'm going, going on my fitness journey and I hit a plateau, I can't move. My weight's not moving. My body's not changing, but I'm doing all the things. If I were to say, move my sleep up from the four and a half hours a night, I get to eight hours. I started to maybe do some meditation in the morning, just a couple little manage my stress things. Could that be the make or break for me to then start making progress again in my fitness journey? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) Because fitness, as we have found out, is multifaceted and there is no one specific thing that is going to be the huge game changer. They all matter. All of them matter. And that can be stressful just thinking about They're like, wow, there's like six things I have to worry about now with my fitness. (laughs) Yes. Yes, there is. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's going to be about balancing all those things. Yeah, you have to balance. And not every day is going to be the same. 
I think that's giving yourself grace with the fact that every day is not going to be the same and you're not going to be able to balance your time the same way every single day, but know that being consistent in the long run is going to help you with your fitness and your fitness thing. Right. (laughs) That fitness thing? That fitness thing. What fitness thing thing is that, Brittany? (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that fitness thing, you know? And, you know, circling back to progesterone, there's really just, gosh, it affects so many different things. And I just really plead everyone to just read a little bit, get on Google, put in progesterone, and just give yourself some knowledge because there is nothing wrong with knowing a little bit right? Instead of knowing nothing at all. And it can really help you manage the information so that you can make the right decisions for yourself. And sometimes it's just as easy as taking a, a supplement, you know, using Alani nutrition, uh, protein yeah. nutrition is another good one. There's, uh, you can also go the garden of life has a great prenatal and just multivitamin for women that is, you know, natural ingredients and comes from, you know, food, basically, you can get that on Amazon, like there's a lot of options out there that are good for you, you just got to do a little research, or just ask somebody that knows about it, like me, you're welcome. There's a couple other ones that I found when I was looking that helped to balance the progesterone, right, that and the estrogen, actually, but that was your omega-3 fatty acids, flax, vitamin B, vitamin C, those ones are also really good at at balancing those for you too. And kind of, I almost said (laughs) making the effects less, lessening the effects (laughs) of too high or too low progesterone. I started our fertility journey when I was 24, 24. I'd been in the fitness industry for a while. Um, I'd worked with really knowledgeable people like you. I'd done my education up to that point. I had no idea what progesterone was when they handed it to me. Okay. So that's, I just feel like a lot of normal people, a lot of normal women that have this hormone affect them so largely every single month, day, week, whatever it is for you, don't even know what it is or that it was important to know what it is. So it, what you said is really true. Just a little bit of research can really help you to fix something that you might not have even known was the problem. And I think it's important too when, I mean, we're in the social media age and with influencers out there all over Instagram and, you know, claiming that they have this information and, you know, research and there, you got to be aware, right? And not just take what someone says as gospel because it can be damaging to you. And it's important to really kind of, really, you need to like, filter through and, you know, find the people that really are interested in you as a person, even if they have 200,000 followers, there's people out there who really care about making sure people have the right information. But you got to be careful too that. I don't want to say like being too careful, but in the aspect of there's some things out there that can be really triggering for people. And my best advice of when trying to find this information that mm. if you find something triggering, just block, like even if a person isn't doing harm for you or anything like that, like it's not intended to harm you. But if you have 
things that are you're working through in your life and that becomes a problem for you, then it's okay to block that person. And I'm, I promise that person will probably never know. So, but like it's because that will help with going through your social media feed of getting the information that you want, but also making sure that it's not information that's going to going to harm your mental health because women as women we struggle with so many different issues other than having high or low progesterone but we deal with body images issues and the media telling us how we should look like and stuff so as you're looking for this information just make sure that it is mentally healthy for you to do that so that's why I say just go on NCBI which is a scientific website where it literally posts research articles and data And you can pretty much type anything in there and find the information that you're looking for. You just have to be, have some critical thinking skills and being able to understand the information just like a little bit. But, um, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I read, I'm like, I have fucking no idea what that says. It does a lot of numbers. (laughs) You just, I don't know, Barney style it for me. So I really like the conclusions of articles. (laughs) He's like, what did you just say? I feel like I should know this, but I don't understand it. Explain so, it to me like I'm five, please. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm about. So, yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about progress. There's just so many things, you know, all the way from like causing breast cancer and certain cell, like tumor cells and stuff like that and fertility issues. But I think what we really need to take away from this is that no matter where you're at, in your journey of life, there's always going to be someone else out there who's experiencing the same thing. And as long as we're open to talking about it, we are able to come together as a community and solve these issues that we're having. And this could be all the way from of, I don't know why I'm not losing weight and I'm wanting to lose weight for health reasons and I can't figure it out. You know, talking to somebody else who might have gone through the same situation well this is what I did or this is who I talked to it's really really important to communicate like I can't stress that enough and it's it can be so hard as a woman or if you're transgender or LGBTQ it's so like we have such an uphill battle every day and and we're so afraid to talk about it because we just don't want someone talking down to us because we're used to it we're used to being talked down to but we don't want it to happen so we just don't fucking talk about it and I really want that I wish we could overcome that so if again if we take anything away from that this conversation is that we need to be able to communicate and talk to each other and create a community so that we can solve world hunger (laughs) I mean we have a lot more social issues than that but that's just what came to mind um Absolutely. And even with this conversation, I feel like there's a lot of pieces of it that don't get talked about. And so you don't know if it's normal or not. Do other people experience this? Is there an easy solution? Is there a complex solution? Can I do anything about it? So even as something as simple as, hey, my period freaking sucks every month, or I really get super bloated. Does anyone else, is anyone else not able to pull their pants up because they're on their period now? This is one of those things that we can talk about. We can have a community. We can have a discussion about it. So I'm sure the discussion is not over about the lady hormones because it could go on and on and on forever, but we're going to talk about those things because it's okay to, and because there's so many of us dealing with it. Yeah. And it's part of that fitness thing. So (laughs) 
it's a fitness thing. It's one of those fitness, the fitness thing, the fitness thing, that podcast thing, you know, okay. Anyways, it is a podcast. If (laughs) you're wondering, if we're unsure at this point, what it is. Right. So what (laughs) I want to challenge, I don't want to say challenge, but check it out. Look, if you have some question or story about progesterone, email it to me or us, excuse me, email it to us. There's two of us. That fitness thing podcast at gmail.com. I want to know your stories with progesterone, be it with fertility or dealing with PCOS and those challenges, or just dealing with like what you found out that worked for you to help manage your hormone balance so that you can live a more balanced life. I think this is a really important conversation. I would love to read these off, these emails off over, you know, the podcast. Oh, and some housekeeping. So housekeeping, um, Margo Nicholson, thank you so much for being our first follower on Patreon yes. one before we recorded this podcast. And I was so excited that I'm like getting like super valuable <laughs> about it. And I just like, I don't know what to do with myself. So, okay. please follow us on patreon (laughs) thank you yes i love that i was so ecstatic we haven't even put anything out yet but we're so excited too and we're so excited that we have people who actually are excited to talk to us too so thank you i get like really sucked into tiktok sometimes and i know i'm like 32 but age is a number um there's this Fitness TikToker who was 81. And I think her video ended up getting showed on like Good Morning America and stuff. But she was literally doing push-ups with like three plates on her back. And I'm like, I can't even do that. And I'm 32. Oh my gosh. Her name is Erica Rishko and she's on TikTok. So if you want to follow her, I highly recommend it for just motivation that... It doesn't matter what age you are and what, you know, you're dealing with. You could be starting fitness and your goals when you're a teenager or all the way until you're 80. It doesn't matter. You can always start somewhere. So it's just cool to see people out there that, one, are using TikTok at 81. I'm impressed. Like, (laughs) my 50-year-old father doesn't even know what TikTok is. So go her. And two, it's just awesome that she's willing to share that part of her life with the community, be it, you know, for, you know, clickbait or whatever it is. I think it's still badass. And And if you didn't have a goal for 2021, if you needed a new fitness goal, that's it right there. Three plates. Give me some push-ups. I think that's wonderful. I think that's a great one. I need to see that video. I haven't seen that video yet. I'll have to send it to you. You have to send it to me. Pretty impressive. All right. Well, we wanted to do some kind of a happy note. Did we want to do a happy note? Yeah, happy note. I first of all, I, I feel like that is the happy note. <laughs> it's the happy note. I like the happy note. It just makes me feel happy. I don't know. I'm really like a <laughs> brown moment. <laughs> like a, I like the happy note, but. All right, housekeeping, we have a Patreon. It is bare bones, but it won't be bare bones with the help of you, all right? That fitness thing, it's patreon.com forward slash that fitness thing. No podcast in it, just that fitness thing. And you there, you get three tier options. The first tier is just you get early access to our episodes. We record every Monday. Uh, you get beautiful Brittany here 
edits it <laughs> and we review it and we put it on Patreon on Wednesday. Then it will be released in all major platforms like Google, Spotify, Apple podcast on that Friday. Uh, the second tier, you're going to get that plus fireside chats where Mel and I are going to talk about absolute bullshit. that has nothing to do with that fitness thing, but it probably will because <laughs> everything has to do with that fitness thing. But we'll do fireside chats, do bonus episodes, um, which could include episodes from when I did Beating the Odds, you know, interviewing people and how they beat the odds and the stories, that type of stuff. And then you also will get the chance to be able to give your input of topics that you want us to cover that you don't understand. We will do the research for you. We will get the skeleton up and we will talk about it and kind of how it, you know, applies to that fitness thing. Then the third tier is all of that. Plus we're going to be doing a monthly AMA with a guest. All right. Uh, to be determined who those guests will be, but I promise you we will have them eventually. It means so much to us. Every person that do, does follow us on Patreon, it helps us get better equipment so that we can give you quality podcast episodes every week. When you I knew you were the one for this, Brittany. Yeah. I knew it was you. It had to be you. <laughs> I will wait for my Academy Award. Wait, would it be a global Golden Globe? Would I get anything where you get to anything (laughs) where you get to go give a speech? I'll go with you. It'll be great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna butcher it. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna do something stupid. Fall on my face. Try to be all graceful about it. Spill my beer on me. It's gonna be fantastic. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's Mel. That's Brett. And we are that That fitness fitness thing. thing. It's a podcast.